You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. So we'll be talking about AHA hunting high and low. In the room, I have Rob. It's a me. <laughs> Jeremy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and on the line, I have Ben. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> hunting high and low is the debut studio album by Norwegian new wave band AHA. It was released on the 28th of October, 1985 by Warner Brothers Records. Producer was Tony Mansfield and Jean Ratcliffe. Also, Alan Tarney. And the genre is... New Wave and Synth Pop. I'm going to read from the book John Dorian. This Norwegian trio were in exactly the right place at exactly the right time to take advantage of the mid-80s MTV revolution. In 1985, AHA achieved phenomenal album sales on the back of a highly innovative video for the first single from Hunting High and Low. Take On Me, the state-of-the-art promo, which saw a cartoon leaping from the pages of a comic book to woo a su- surprised young woman, pushed them to the top of the Billboard charts. The song sees crooning singer morph effortlessly into a yearning falsetto, swept along on a frenetic wave of new romantic scents. The sleeve art is very much of its day, artistically blurred black-and-white photography, tight t-shirts, uh, lady dye haircuts, but the Belial's the pop genius within. The combination of guitarist and main singer-songwriter Paul Powell, <laughs> as well as their frontman's voice and good looks, uh, ensured that were, they were not just one-hit wonders. The album threw up several gems, including the frenetic quasi-operatic pop of The Sun Always Shines on TV, a bona fide smash that started as a heartfelt lament and built to a Phil Spector-esque wall of chiming guitars and strings. Other standouts are the melancholy title track and the introspective train of thought. Although despised in the retro raucous 90s, Hunting High and Low remains a bright, breezy, and brilliant electro-pop classic. All right, what do we think of AHA, Hunting High and Low? That read-up described Morton as a cartoon, and I don't think he's a cartoon in that video. It's not. He's not like Dilbert. Okay. I'd say he's like an, illu- an illustration, maybe. Okay, sure. But it's misuse. It's a good album. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a, it was very surprising. I I forgot how good the other songs were. We, I just constantly think of the single. And so I just. Oh, what a single though. Yeah. And how fucked up is it that we only got the single over here in the States when there are six singles off of this record? Really? Pearls before swine, Robert. Like seriously, like I, I think that the sun always shines on TV is the, Banger of the fucking album. Yeah, that we was never a re- got that. That was a really good one. Yeah. Which I remember hearing though. How did how would I have remembered hearing if it wasn't on the radio? Uh, Josh Classic. Johnson. 
Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, yeah. <laughs> now that's what I call the 80s, yeah. volume 69. That's, that's probably true. It was probably on a comp. Yeah. I think for as long as I've been hanging out with Josh Johnson, whenever, like back in Bloomington, whenever he would have a chance, he would corner me and tell me, hey, AHA's not a one-hit wonder. That whole album is good. And he had so much conviction, I always believed him. But I never, I always just took his word for it. But now after having listened to the whole thing, he was right. This is a good album. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I had, um, when I was listening to it, that first song, and a lot of these songs, there is a maximum amount of pop. I, I would almost say power pop, but I know that's used exclusively a lot of times for rock and roll. Yeah. But do you guys feel like it might stray into power pop? Because it is just maximizing if, every if little. they played guitar instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally it's can feel like raspberries type. It's, it's powerful synthesized pop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pa- pa- yes, power synth pop. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sophista pop this week. Is sophista pop an actual genre, or is this just a, a wuzzle of a word that came into my head after listening to all it, these four albums? It is a real genre. This is not part of that genre. I didn't know what This that is not was. sophista pop? This is not. This is just, this is just um, synth pop. Synth-pop. Is Tears for Fears Sophista Pop? Nope, that's Synth Pop, baby. Is Prefab Sprout Sophista Pop? Oh, yeah, that's Sophista Pop. Yeah, one of the, maybe the definition a little bit. Think of Heaven 17 and how much you didn't like that, and then you can kind of apply it to every other, like, synth (laughs) band we've listened to, and that's how you find your Sophista Pop. Is Brothers in Arms era Dire Straits Sophista Pop? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, so Pop. It, 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 well, I, I think that all four of the albums that we prepped for this week, you could argue that they're sophisticated. We we don't have any dictators or Kiss, like like. Sure. So these are sophisticated <laughs> bands in the pop <laughs> genre. If, you know? if, if Mark Knopfler uh, was to wear a puffy shirt then maybe like if he was wearing like a way a, more a, keyboard, a, a pirate outfit, then you could be sophisticated. Is, it, is Adam and Sophista pop? I mean, he wore a scarf around his head in that uh, video. Oh, he did. Oh, well, that's God, cause he was going to be moving TVs and oh, no, I'm like, like that was back in the day when dudes wore scars that went down. Like, you know, they just, Oh, goes all the way down. Dumb no, waste. I, ben, I think that you can kind of nail it by taking things that you dislike out of the 80s and you can probably um, that's probably sophista pop uh, at least that's what i found i mean i mm-hmm. think the flock of seagulls kind of haircut i i I, that, I thought flock of seagulls just like straight up new wave like yeah yeah it's that little guitar prodigy of theirs I'm he's having, good you're he's right so good. i'm having a hard time like capturing what sophista pop actually is other than is it a little more easy listening? No, I think it's like lyrically they think they're entirely too clever, and it just kind of comes uh, off as like Ugh. they try to do it, a lot. Yeah. Is orange juice sophista pop? No, no, no. Nah, man, but their lyrics come off as smug and clever. A lot but of do stuff they pull, I like. Do they pull stuff. it off? Yeah. Because again, yeah. go back to Heaven Seventeen. Uh, I mean, pull Style Council. Style Council is definitely sophista pop. Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. So, the, like right now, we're hearing. The song Blue Sky uh, on Hunting High and Low, which is a great song. I would have, if you'd said, play the song for me, said, is this Sophista Pop? I'm like, sounds sophisticated pop to me. It's got a little more drive to it. I feel like Sophista Pop means it's a, you're swirling a martini or something. Yeah. Although, mm-hmm. This feels more in line with the, the new wave of 
Human League and that album Dare and yeah, I mean, if any of the later boomer listeners or early Gen Xers want to like lean in on what Sophistapop is, you can, you can talk to us on the social media. I hadn't heard of it till <laughs> till you mentioned it, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I looked to the wiki on Prefab, and it's listed in the type of genre. What? Yeah, I never heard of it before. It is. Yeah, it's gross. I'm glad it died. <laughs> I'm glad that there's no such thing anymore. It's somewhere it exists. Okay, ABC is definitely oh, a certainly. There we go. Yeah. There we go. ABC. Is the Associates Sophistopop? I don't remember. Uh, yes. They're the ones yes. that... Hey, that one. Uh, All right. <laughs> everybody knows it's Wendy. Is that the Associates? That's the Association. Ah, Associates shit. was... Oh, man, I forget. We, we covered their album uh, a couple months ago. It's like two dudes playing sophisticated 80s. Yeah, it, it has more jazz influence. Mm. Like with a hard which, A which or is, a hard I? Hard A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about uh, Living a Boy's Adventure Tale? Is that the last one? No, that's, that's a, this one. Oh, this that's one. That's the last track on this side of the record. Uh, did we I'll, skip Hunting High and Low? No, man. We just no, did. no. We just, we've just been talking about Sophistapop for so long. That you, uh, so can we kind of give my note I'd about Hunting High and Low? Yeah. Tell me about Hunting Highway. Because the way it starts, I was like, Tarantino will definitely make this a revival hit in some yeah. movie. Yeah, absolutely. It has the absolute vibe of yeah. that kind of song that maybe a lot of people miss, but would be a super jam right now. I mm-hmm. feel like Hunting High and Low was definitely one that I... Might be my I've, favorite one on the album. Uh, I mean, Take On Me is unfuckwithable. But right. Like, Hunting High and Low was a joy. I'd never heard it before. It would be a strong second or third. For me. Yeah. And the the way that the singles were released were Take On Me, Love Is Reason, uh, The Sun Always Shines on TV, Train of Thought, then Hunting High and Low. Okay. So it was the last single. And Take On Me was demoed and released and did well in Norway. Mm -hmm. It bombed in Britain. Really? They went went to record it again. Bombed in Britain. Huh. Album comes out. I think it. I think it bombed in Britain three times. It hit uh, the U.S. airwaves with MTV, and then became this giant smash success. And MTV, from, yeah, yeah. And yeah. from that, uh, there was it was actually a uh, it was a station in Boston that premiered it, and yeah. then MTV mm. grabbed it, and it was everywhere forever. That video is apparently kind of based off altered states. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw yeah, that too. Yeah. Just neat. Okay, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So so scene. I'm an A&R guy for Warner Brothers in 1985. This Norwegian band has just had a monumental breakthrough hit. across. Like, it's blowing up on MTV. Everyone's mom knows this song, and it's just shitting moving units. And then I learn that this band has five other singles that are performing well in other countries, and I'm like, pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So fucking what, 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 What's up with that? And I want her sleeping away, but I know I'll be hunting high and low. There's no end to the I'll go to hunting high. Jeremy, you're just ever so slightly older than us. 
you would be able to... Oh, absolutely. If, if you had heard any of this other stuff aside from Take On Me, you would be the one that could, like, tell us if we're wrong on this. No, I would have... I, Dude, if like, ten years old and I heard this, this is exactly the type of stuff I was looking for. Yeah. Like, on yeah. accident... Like, I remember the video. I remember how... I mean, I didn't know. I was a kid. But how just revolutionary... I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I didn't know that videos were a thing quite yet. Yeah. Because that was just when they were becoming a thing. And then they go, and now I know in retrospect, doing this based off of Patty Chayefsky's script filmed by I Forget Who. I love the movie Alter Stays. Who made that? I know William Hurt's in it. Who directed it? Uh, that was, um, I'm not going to remember. But um, You're right. It was so cool. That's, that's stuff that happens now pretty frequently. Yeah. But what, what weirdo European, well, Scandinavian band is going to, put out a single and make the video off this subversive acid trip of a movie <laughs> yeah. that I still love to this day. But it's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. But I think if I would have heard Hunting High and Low, it would be one of my all-time life songs. You know? It just has that beautiful intro and kind of sounds classic and old and then boom. Yeah, but, I think you put it really well that, I mean, Thriller had come out, so we knew that you could present right. a, a story within the... But it was so new. A music, yeah, so new, and not many people were doing that. Most of the people were just dancing around in front of a camera. Okay, Clips maybe, from movies. Yeah, things like that. And yeah, here you have this unknown band, and bam. A piece of art. A piece of art that, that comes with it. And a really great idea. I yeah. Mean, yeah, they took the bang against the wall thing from that movie, but that just the comic book come or the illustration coming to life like what yeah i've never seen anything like it yeah rotoscoping's always been cool and will always be cool yes. i think if again if i'm an a and r guy for for warner brothers in 85 i'm always green lighting someone if they're like we're gonna do some rotoscoping yeah yeah. Do you know that in the last waltz they had to rotoscope a cocaine booger out of Neil Young's nose <laughs> during, during Helpless? Apparently, it was just it was just hanging on his nose, and they had to go there like frame by frame and like color it out with a sharpie. <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> Apparently, it, it was distracting enough that even Scorsese was like, "That's too much cocaine." <laughs> At the 1986 MTV Video Music Awards, the video Take On Me won six awards. Best New Artist in a Video, Best Concept Video, Most Experimental Video, Best Direction in a Video, Best nice. Special Effects, and Viewer's Choice. It was nominated for two others, Best Group and uh, Video of the Year, but didn't win this. So, How did it not win Video of the Year? What won? <laughs> <laughs> ben is just head right, banging. Ben. The sun always <laughs> oh, shines sun on always TV. Shines. Yeah, yeah, it is happening oh, right now. Rips, man. Fake out, then hard dance. Yep. <laughs> That's fake, exactly what Ben just Fake out, then hard dance. I love that. And then I wrote, and this is not any kind of a diss because you know how, well, some of you know how much I love New Order. But it kind of sounds like a shitty New Order. But lots yeah, of awesome bit. things sound like a shitty New Order. So it's not like a slag as much as like, hey, you're yeah. not quite New Order. Yeah. You know? I, I can. I like, this is a jam. Yeah, I love this. Very good. It's got, got a little like stanky guitar or something. Like right. it, it like pulls off that guitar. Yeah, <laughs> pulls off that bend like really yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, the bendy guitar, the bendy keytars. <laughs> uh, one more thing about the the video for "Take on Me." I didn't even think about this, but obviously videos are now charted or they're rec recorded on um, TikTok, uh, YouTube. And how many views they have gotten oh, yeah. on YouTube. And it in uh, 2019, 
2020, the video for Take On Me reached 1 billion what? views on YouTube. At the time, only four other uh, videos had had reached that. What were those? Do you, do you want to take a guess? I'm going to say Michael Jackson. I'm going to say... Whatever. I'm going to say, okay, go. Old Town Road. Gun, no. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Sweet Child of Mine really? is one. Uh, smells really, like, not November Rain. Interesting. November Rain is one. Is, oh, is really? Well. Oh, so yep. it's people going back and looking at the classic videos. Uh, smells Teen like Teen Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian oh, of course. Rhapsody. Yeah. So that that's impressive. This is, what, 20 years before YouTube was a thing? And so it's like 20 years of people watching it and it not being logged. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Before anyone starts counting. Right. Yeah, one billion. <laughs> well, Jeremy, jumping yeah. back to your, your Bohemian Rhapsody thing, uh, we actually have a guy who's been kind of schooling me on the uh, on the Facebook chat, and apparently <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody was like a number one single in like Britain. Well, like, I mean, it revived it, and it revived. became like a number one again. It finally hit over here. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> After that, yeah. Of course it was number one in Britain, because they like complicated songs. Queen just got panned. Yeah. They just did. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not even <laughs> the hugest fan, but like, like you can't argue with them. It's good. Things that uh, songs that air on the side of Prague are going to do better in Britain than here. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody airs on the side of Prague. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. which I like about it. Uh, can we talk about the singing on this album? Sure, because oh. it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, more. I I have one note. <laughs> sure. I do agree. I think the vocals are just great, but there's something that happened. I noticed this with a lot of pop in the love is reason song. Mm-hmm. There's like this eh, and that oh, drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> These little weird, like, eh, yes. like that's why I don't really like Michael Jackson. He does too much of that. And it's like, ah, vocal ticks. Those little ticks drive me nuts in certain. Mm-hmm. There are also other ones that do not. So that, you know, it's just a, dumb taste thing and I can't help it. Maybe but. maybe he just felt like he had to mix it up a little bit because just, he's got such like, a it's this beautiful thing and then it's like there's this pause and he goes <clears throat> and I'm like oh. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's my only, but yeah the vocals are great. Yeah. This whole record. This guy, this guy he, he hits he can hit he the notes. All of those. There's it's one where it goes low too that I was kind of surprised. All about. of the notes Jeremy. I was like is this yeah, the Jeremy Bauhaus Jeremy had all of a sudden? Note. Jeremy had one note. I also have one note, and that is the high note from Take On Me. Yeah. <laughs> there you the, go. The ruiner of karaoke everywhere. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I bet when when someone actually hits that note in karaoke, I bet that karaoke DJ just gives them a big old bear hug <laughs> no, for how many times the, they've heard. There's, like, a government agency that shows up, and they're from, like, the karaoke bureau. It's like, it's like uh, the Wait, last star. So- it's like the last Starfighter. say that his that uh take on me was actually they they made that song so they could show off his vocal range that's why it was the Mm. first single is Mm. because it shows i mean his range and how 
powerful it can be. For the longest time, I read that that song is all learned phonetic. For real? Yeah, but I don't know if, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I have yet to meet a Norwegian in person who didn't speak better English than me. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's true. I doubt. Yeah, I doubt that. on that one. I really... Yeah, it sounds like bullshit. Yeah, it does. This whole album's in English. It sure is. And it's impeccable, so... Wrong. Also, can we talk just about how perfect that keyboard melody is and take on me? It's great. That's that just, riff? Yeah. Uh, it was used using the Roland Juno 60 nice. synthesizer for the main riff. Say, you probably knew that just by... Is that a stand-up one or a sit-down one? That's a... That's a what? <laughs> you, you can play it standing them, up or sitting down. Is that one of them keyboards that... You can wear and wear and dance around while you're wearing it. No, it, no, it's not. Uh, a little heavy, I think. Yeah, it's very. Uh, alongside the Yamaha DX7 and the PPG oh. Wave synthesizers. These all sound right. Yeah. You you have you have named the 1985 the class <laughs> trilogy, right? Yeah. Uh, remember that time when? Uh, oh man, was it real big fish that covered it for basketball? <laughs> oh no. You guys, remember that? <laughs> Or the, oh, wait, I think did, that, that the, was the keyboard. <laughs> Please tell me the keyboard part. Why was would you cover that song? Yeah, you just it, play it was, the original song. Can, no, no, but, but it, it, it fits. Because that keyboard the, line played by us. Brass the horns, section, right? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh. Uh, I can hear that without having heard it, and it pisses me off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should. It's awful. <laughs> Is there a, an analog instrument on this album? I mean, the, that guitar, right? Wasn't there a guitar? The Juno I it was 60 is an analog instrument. It has patch memory, though, but it's an analog <laughs> patch memory. Is, that... is there a drum or a guitar or a bass on this record? There's definitely guitars on this. Yeah, I heard guitars, yeah. It's probably bass. It's hard to tell with this. They filter everything in the all those 80s pop. Yeah, things. I'm pretty sure that guitar okay, on oh, the actually, sun... I've got... I've got the personnel shines. here, and they're the personnel. Nah, uh, there, there's keyboards, bass programming. Oh no, no, Paul. Paul plays the guitar. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Paul. Paul. Right. Yeah, but yeah, Paul, Paul. Paul. Okay. You know the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tastes like a fucked up banana. <laughs> yeah. It's the not, Indiana banana. Doesn't say there's any other. That's a interesting take, though. There's no other acoustic. Uh, elements on it. It says bass programming, which would lead me to believe that there's it's not bass. Apparently, in Living a Boy's Adventure Tale, they they wheeled someone in to play oboe. Nice. Yeah, I don't which remember hearing oboe. Neither do I, but, but it, it I counts. That you is an that, analog instrument. You know what that song reminded me of? So, like the end of Return of the Jedi, like the new version where they take out the Glub Yub song. Yub Yub. Yeah, is that where all the goats are hanging out together? It sounds like the music they replaced it with. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that where like the, the ghost of Anakin high fives Yoda or something? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what it does? That's exactly right. But it's like it's like young Anakin. It's like nineteen ninety-seven Anakin. I'd say it's probably the year two thousand Anakin. Fine, fine, uh, a different Anakin. I, I think that ninety seven is when those uh Hey, did you know that that Hunting High and Low peaked at number 15 on the Billboard 200 charts? That's fantastic news. What? Uh, Number 15? Yeah, three times platinum in the UK and platinum in the US. Wow. That's four times platinum. It's a lot for a brand new band out of Norway. Have they not played shows yet? 
it didn't seem like they had any following whatsoever, and that video just basically made them. Yeah, the first viral, or yeah. the first type of Actually, viral. you're right. Probably one of the first, like... Quote-unquote, because, I mean, that's yeah, what that Yeah, word of mouth. Like, I'm sure, you know, I remember people talking about that video yeah. on MTV and being like, you got to see this video. Yeah. So... So I've been enjoying the production for this album. So I just pulled up uh, the page for Tony Mansfield, who was AHA's producer. And he worked with a few other bands in the 80s. But notably, Captain Sensible. Mm-hmm. The Damned? For his solo, for Captain Sensible solo stuff? Cap- you... Captain Sensible solo stuff, like yeah. The, what is wow. that called? It's, Happy it, uh, something something? It, uh, it says uh, he works with Captain Sensible on hits such as Glad It's Over, There Are More Snakes Than Ladders, and One Christmas Catalog. So not the not the happy song. All right. Huh. Uh, all right. Uh, are we all on the positive on this one? I'm definitely on the positive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, this is I, great. I okay. wanted it to be weirder later. But I did like, too. I felt like the second half was not as strong as the first half. But yeah. there's Agreed. still some jams on it. Agreed. And the vocals are good and the keys are great all over it. Like, yeah. It's just a good I would clean my place to this any day. It's, and and be really into it. You're right. You know? It's so, it's it's one of the better for me, I, I'm not a big fan of the electro pop, you know, kind yeah. of element, and this is one of the better and yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with that how good his vocals are and just like how clean the production and you know how it's structured what a genius that uh paul Wachtar is (laughs) yeah he wrote all this shit it's paul paul fucking incredible so okay good deal yeah uh next time we'll be talking about tears for fears songs from the big chair all right thanks y'all please don't hurt me i have told you Trying hard.